I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. It was a defensive exercise. Yeah, best defense is a good offense. Or is it the other way around? Welcome to Pratter World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Defenders, where I task my guests to defend their favorite movies that are underrated, infamous, or obscure. And with the release of the new Twilight book, Midnight Sun, and the release of the Batman trailer, Lucy Jane Devane and Scott Hodgson are here to defend. Well, possibly defend, possibly <laughs> not so much. We'll find out. <laughs> so we're going to look at the entire Twilight saga. Uh, the saga that launched a million erotic fan fictions about pale emos covered in diamantes. welcome to the show guys how are you doing yeah good yeah not bad thank you how are you i'm very good very very good after a last day at work for a little while so that's gonna be that'll be nice to have a bit of chill time bit of downtime i'll probably mostly asleep like like a lot of vampires anyway we're here to talk about twilight so a quite a divisive set of films and books um, but there is a large, large group of fans out there. Uh, Lucy, you being one of them. Yeah, although I wouldn't normally admit it, but yes, it's it's my guilty pleasure. So guilty pleasure, don't worry. Uh, you know, I, I've I've got a few guilty pleasures. You know, one of them being <laughs> Maroon Five. So there you go. We've all we've all got our guilty pleasures. We've all got our vices, <laughs> haven't we, Dan? <laughs> And uh, mine is terrible music. Uh, so, um, so, so you're a big fan of the film. Have you read the books, Lucy? I haven't read the books. Okay. Um, yeah, this is. I don't think any of us have read the books. No. So this is very much going off for the films. Yeah, definitely going off the, books. the films. So we're not, we're not, we're kind of casual, sort of casuals in regards to the uh, the Twilight Saga, I guess. We we haven't read the books, but I've done a little research into the author Stephanie Meyer, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but Lucy, you you like these films, um, so what what is it that you like about the Twilight Saga and the and the franchise in general? Yeah, just I suppose sort of going back to the books. My introduction to Twilight was at uni. Um, and it was because one of my very good housemates, uh, Miss Lucy Crush, who you may remember, um, she, so she was studying English and I think she has read all the books and at uni, um, she, I mean, she's a big Harry Potter fan and she was like, loves her fantasy. So she kind of, she kind of introduced our whole house to Twilight at uni, which probably wasn't very cool back then but she was like she was like you know it's vampires it's wolves like you know just just get into it but I think when I first when I first started watching it she was kind of narrating in the background so because she kind of had this she kind of had read the books she would kind of we'd watch them as a house and most of the time we'd just be like laughing out loud at how ridiculous they were but she'd be kind of filling us in on the 
not the kind of backstory, but I think some of the kind of intricacies and, yeah. you know, she'd be kind of just filling us in. So I think at first I kind of didn't really, I wasn't paying that much attention. And then as I started watching them, I think for me, the, the biggest thing, which is probably still why I still play them now when no one's around, when Scott's not around, it's my guilty pleasure on a weekend. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, it's like the visual side of things. So I think coming at it from a kind of like location and setting for me the thing that always really stood out was how you know you've got these really kind of dramatic landscapes with mountains and like forests and it's very it's very green and dark and damp and and that that kind of setting and that location I I kind of was quite drawn into because I don't think like I, I love all that kind of stuff you know like really kind of quite dramatic landscapes and kind you, of, you were a you were a location scout for a little while weren't you that was your job yeah for 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 a few years I, I did that and I think this was obviously I watched these before before I kind of did that job but it always kind of struck me as every time I watched them I always felt really cold and like it's you, you really get that sense that it's really dense forest and you kind of it's quite rural and it's it's kind of low lighting it's really dark and then you and then I think seeing the the Cullen house for the first time you know that real glassy kind of modern architectural house for me that really stood out yeah I think that's what kind of drew me in a little bit because I haven't really I can't really think of any of the films that kind of do that for me so you've got this really kind of yeah just really cold feeling damp feeling and you know it, there's not there's not a lot of action for quite a while I think it's just kind of setting the scene and then also I've also never wanted to drive a Volvo so much in my entire yeah. life <laughs> but but seeing seeing Edward Cullen drive around in this snazzy Volvo along these kind of you know foresty roads I was like yes I'm in I'm in my, when so, I was a kid my mum had a Volvo and it was not snazzy the exhaust, <laughs> the exhaust would constantly fall off if you rolled the window down it would never roll back up um we had to have a plastic bag over that window a lot of the time it was it, Volvos do not have a good kind of it doesn't ring a um, good memory to me <laughs> Volvo. But, but I don't know I don't know why in these films it seems to have like a real big presence of the Volvo and it always seems like you think oh it's really fast and snazzy and you want to drive one I just always wanted to drive a Volvo after watching these films so well yeah. you know what that was a very successful product placement I believe yeah. it was it, it definitely worked, worked was... on me <laughs> <You're so> <laughs> <dangerous>. <laughs> um Scott now now you have been you have been kind of I don't want to say roped in because that's a very negative phrase, but you have been mm. kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? I think kind of designated companion on this journey with Lucy. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way. Um, how do you feel about the films? Do you have as as good a kind of relationship with them? Or, you know, how do you feel about them in general? Well, I first watched I think um I watched the first two at the, at the end towards the end of uni or maybe after a couple of years of leaving uni um and obviously I knew knew about them when they were out in the cinema but I was very typical 
sort of bloke just say, oh, God, oh, they're terrible films, even though I haven't watched them. Yeah. Um, and then the first time I watched them, it, it, having heard a lot of people say how bad they were, I, they're not actually terrible. Yeah. I don't think there's... I quite enjoy watching them. I think this was the third time round because obviously in pre- preparing for this, we've watched all of them. I've converted over the last him week. basically. <laughs> um, he's now a twilight. There are there are <laughs> bits of it that I do enjoy. There are a lot of terrible things. In there. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I, I can sit. I probably wouldn't want to watch them again. But, but having watched them three times, I, I I think a lot of people just say they're terrible. And they've never watched them. Yeah, I think that there are some very good things to enjoy. I think there's a lot. A lot of the acting is actually pretty good, and I think we'll talk about specific people. Oh, I'm sure. But, <laughs> what, um, what I was going to say, like, is obviously I kind of got introduced to it through my through Lucy Crush, through my friend, and like not out of choice. I wouldn't yeah. have. To- I was like, oh, this is going to be trash, but then you know you kind of get sucked in a little bit and then it's that whole thing of that guilty pleasure where for me mm. the twilight saga is on a weekend if i'm just hungover, hungover which we were a lot obviously at uni and mm. then you just want a bit of downtime obviously it rains a lot in manchester so you always feel like you want to kind of you know wrap up on the sofa and just kind of chill out and watch something for me i can stick on twilight anytime and it's like my go-to kind of yeah it's that kind of guilty pleasure happy place where you can just kind of enjoy something and yeah just just kind of just sit there and not you don't Mm. need to kind of pay too much attention because it just kind of they're all very similar let's be honest they kind of you know it's a lot of like a lot of kind of intense looks like long pauses dramatic landscapes and you kind of sit there and you, you kind of just let it wash over you a little bit so I think it's kind of quite it's good for that kind of mm. thing where you think, yeah, I can they, stick they, I think visually, like you said, Lucy, earlier on, they are very strong. They do look beautiful and it, it gives you, is it Alaskan? Is it kind of an Alaskan? <clears throat> it's, yeah, so it's it's like really West Coast America, but I think it's kind of like um, uh, near or- Oregon, I think yeah. it is, slightly north of there. So you've got the, um, like, I think it's the North Pacific Ocean, mm. And then you've got like lot for it. So it's Forks, the town that it's set in, is like this quite small, remote town. But it's it's like got some sort of logging, like because there's so many forests, mm. it, it's kind of yeah logging trade. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think it just you know you, you just really get the sense. I always feel like I think it re- it really kind of comes across you know this the green the damp the dark you know these forests then you've got this really like rugged ocean and when they go to the beach that they call or I think it's actually a place called Lapush yeah when they say like oh Bella we're going to the beach and then you think in your head oh yeah it's going to be lovely and then they get there and it's like it's like brutal it's like and also just another thing about the kind of it's got a very um a very cool kind of color palette all the way through so it's like very oh, yeah. um basic color like muted colors i think yeah very muted colors very um basic costumes let's be honest it's like i think the uh, the wolves get through a lot of cargo pants but that's about it but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's hardly any like vivid colors in it and i think 
that's until maybe like the the Volturi, the vampires get involved. Yeah, I think that's it's true, quite, yeah. you know, it's quite yeah. kind of natural. And yeah, so for me, I think that's probably the thing that, that pulls me in the most. I have to say, I, I agree with you both. I think visually they are, the films are quite nice and they're very much, you can look at them and go, that looks nice. That shot is gorgeous. And I agree with Scott as well. I This is the first time I've watched, I've seen, I saw the first one at uni. I think me and Scott might have watched it at the same time, that first film. Um, but then I haven't touched them since. I've just watched that one and I was like, well, it wasn't that great. Um, my friend recently, Dan, Dan Keaters, he said that the first one is the worst one. Um, but it obviously depends on your preference. But I thought, you know, we'll we'll give them a try. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I honestly have enjoyed them more than I thought I would. Again, like Scott says, there is some stupid stuff and some confusing stuff and interesting choices, let's say. Parts of it, it, it is that sort of enjoyment out of watching something terrible, mm-hmm. you know, like watching The Room. What I enjoy about watching Twilight, it's not all of that. There are some actual good things in it that I can appreciate but yeah, yeah that, that's the other entertaining part about it is that the whole thing takes itself really fucking seriously and Bella and Edward are so wrapped up in themselves and so serious but actually there's a few really key quotes and like comments that come through that just I don't think are meant to be as funny as they actually are but they are laugh out loud oh, ridiculous yeah. mm. so you know, you've got this kind of drama and this really like dramatic scenery and really intense like moments. And then someone will just say something and you'll be like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> just, and then it just stays with you and you're like, it's just stupid. But yeah, yeah. I, I also think it it isn't meant to be funny, but it it does come across like that because of just, yeah, so. just the way. I think I think some of the dialogue, especially in in the romantic scenes, is not believable or like, no. terrible. It's just like, or it's like a teen. Like it is in some ways, it is what a love struck teenager would say. But I'm also it like, is written for fourteen year old yes, girls, yeah, yeah, and I can appreciate that. That this these films are not targeted to, towards me in any way, yeah. but I can appreciate that. If I was a 14-year-old girl, I'd probably be <laughs> all over this. <laughs> well, another another thing just to add is, so for Lucy Crush's birthday at uni, um, when I think the second one came out, the Eclipse, I think it is, the mm. second one, I always get a bit confused. Uh, that's the new, new Moon. Oh, New Moon. New, new moon. moon. Basically, this is how much of a good friends our group are. We organised to take her to the midnight showing at the Printworks, right, to see this film come out. And we got the last tickets and we were late and we walked in and we had to sit on the front row because every bloody seat was taken. And it's the only time I've been in a cinema where people actually clap when someone comes on screen, <laughs> mostly when our Pats is there as soon as he came on, people were like, well, when I say people, the audience was mm. pretty much girls. And then obviously when Jacob takes his top off, which is a lot, let's be honest, everyone's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> clapping. I, I, it I was learned. cringe. It was so cringe, but it was ridiculous. I learned as well that that Jacob was only seventeen when he was like popping his shirt off every five minutes, Jesus. Um, and I was like, I was like, ooh, this a bit, yeah. 
a bit, you know, if you're it's wrong, yeah, a bit, yeah. I guess teenage girls are fine if they're teenage girls, but I was like, because there was a he almost actually got he was almost uh, recast for the second film because they didn't believe he'd get buff enough for the second film. Oh, he gets um, buff. Yeah. He gets buff. <laughs> he gets buff. <laughs> And you know any any opportunity, it's like oh I, I you know oh I need to pick up this screwdriver. Better take my top off. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh God, you're bleeding. You need a bandage. Let oh, me take my top off. off. Yeah, exactly every time. Without this fail. is all, this is also probably why I quite enjoy it because obviously there's like a lot of sexual tension throughout. But yeah, you, you just the whole it way is, through. Is, you're, you're, Lucy, is there yeah. sexual tension? <laughs> <laughs> Like I think a, there's a lot, there's a lot of almost kissing. It's just like it's very close to the lips, very close to the uh, lips. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of like long, long stares, long pauses, awkward silences, awkward comments and quotes and stuff. It just makes the whole thing very awkward, very cringe, but very uh, funny. Well, let's let's kind of break it down a little bit. So there's a lot of people that haven't seen these films or people that will never watch these films, uh, you know. <laughs> so let's yeah. kind of break it down for them. So let's talk about the first one specifically and what we kind of remember about the first one or, or our feelings towards the first one. So, Lucy, what do you feel about that opening Twilight film specifically? So I think the first one is probably, um, and I think, again, like if you if you've read the books, which I haven't, but for someone that has read the books, they can kind of fill you in on the whole vampire backstory. So I feel like the first one is very much kind of, obviously she's, um, you know, she kind of leaves sunny Arizona and her lovely mum, who's lovely and like outgoing and which I, I still don't really understand why that happens. But in any case, she ends up moving to Forks and she's like this awkward new girl in school um and then you know you kind of it's kind of setting the scene to learn about the whole vampire situation and I think you know it's like I from watching the film if if my friend Lucy hadn't said oh by the way vampires are really strong or oh by the way vampires Mm -hmm. are really pay like all these kind of things that I suppose maybe if you know about vampires but I don't really know a lot about vampires so I wasn't really in on the whole to be, to I wasn't fair, down with the vampires. <laughs> down with the vampires. Um, I think I think that's, that's the thing about vampire movies that every film has its own set of rules. Like, do, do they need to be killed by silver? Can they walk in the sun? Can they turn into a wolf? Can they turn into mist? You know, there's all these different rules in every film. There's like, can you cure a vampire? Is it via blood transfusion? Is it via something else? <laughs> I, I feel like this one was trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, mm. In regards to vampires, but I also think it's it's trying to sanitize both the werewolf myth yeah. and the vampire myth, making it less violent, less bloodthirsty. Yeah, these vampires. Well, I suppose the good vampires, which are all the Cullens and and their friendly other vampire families, mm. they're not very, they're not threatening, and they're not interesting, and there's nothing really distinctive about them. Um. The whole thing about because when um, Edward takes Bella into the woods and when she's starting to figure out he's a vampire, and then he goes, "Oh, you, you don't want to see me when when I step into the sun or something," and you're thinking something awful is going to happen because uh, he really doesn't want to go into the sun, mm. and you think, "Oh my God, he's going to look grotesque," 
and then he steps in and he's all sparkly and oh don't look at me i'm horrible <laughs> and he's like glowing he's got monsies on him. yeah so one one in a traditional vampire if you go into the sun it kills you hmm. but these version of vampires oh they go all sparkly yeah and also you know they have this like you know, you see kind of Bella's dad's house and, you know, he seems, Charlie seems like a really good guy. You know, he's like a carp and everyone in the town knows him. And then I feel like that's really contrasted with the Cullen's house, which is this like uber contemporary architectural f- fucking massive house that's like amazing inside and it's and it's very opposite to what we usually expect from a vampire like this big gloomy castle it's a very yeah. modern you know up to date we're like oh we're we're new age vampires you know that sort of thing yeah. yeah the i i read i read that um that actual house belongs to some like nike executive um and they and like they had like an interior designer and like it was you know i think that really like i think it's really fancy i think that's something that i'm like wow like she kind of goes from this kind of very, you know, just just a normal kind of rural townhouse, and then all of a sudden the Cullen's house is like all of a sudden they're driving around in these like crazy Volvos, and they've got this like beautiful floor to ceiling glass. It's just, yeah, it's it's pretty trendy. But I think the thing for me with when they're at school that like obviously the guys are really like oh Bella's the new girl like oh she's you know and then I think Anna Kendrick she's she, I think she's really good I think she really comes so, yeah in. When I she, think when, she's great in these films when Bella plays netball and it's the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my whole life and she like she just like hits the ball at someone's head and then she's just She's just pretty lame, pretty basic, yeah. and he, and yet all the guys are kind of like, "Ooh, Bella's the new girl. Bella's the new girl." And then she goes to that science lesson, and it's <laughs> her first time sitting next to Edward. And the way he, like, obviously, because it's, I think this is the thing. Like, if when you're watching it, you kind of like, okay, he thinks she smells really bad, but obviously, it's like because he's a vampire and. I think it's meant to be that she smells amazing, but he kind of makes it come across that she smells horrific. So he looks like he's like smelt the worst smell in his life ever. I, and I she's like, it's ridiculous scene. I don't think it's that, Lucy. He, it, for me, he genuinely looks like he just comes in his pants instantly. <laughs> it, second yeah, it's it's, it's like, halfway oh, between yeah. coming in his pants and his bowels just emptying. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's just this moment. And it, oh, I think Robert Patterson is actually very good in yeah. these films. You, um, but that moment is just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't not, work it, at all. And then, it's, like, she, you know, she, he's there. Like, I think the thing is, he says later on, "Oh, you smell like your smell to me is like um, the most enticing thing ever." But he literally makes it look like someone's done the worst Trump ever, <laughs> like you would in school if someone just like lets one go, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing I've ever smelled," and she's there like sort of checking herself being like oh he he thinks I smell gross and then he tries to like move class or whatever but then what I don't understand is then he disappears for a while and then she kind of misses him and wonders why he's not there and then he comes back and he's fine so I'm like like, what's changed since you thought she smelled 
great or disgusting and then oh you're you're dissecting an onion which I quite like because I feel like that's kind of like a vamp you know like vampires and garlic and onions and things it's like what a cliche that they happen to be dissecting a are we, try, are we trying to say that these characters have layers? Layers and layers. Yeah. yeah. No, they <laughs> don't. They really don't. <laughs> like, like for me, like, be- like I know everyone, like, for me, you might as well have called Bella the protagonist because she is that, like, basic. Like, I think that's what it is, is she's so basic. She's got no interest. She's got no drive. <laughs> she's got nothing nothing unique about her. All the guys are like, oh, my God, the new girl. And and to be fair, the guys in the high school are borderline predatory, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, especially that the, the, the young lad who shows her around. He is like, yeah, I, I work at the paper. Let's hang oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he's a bit Yeah, I'll <laughs> Whenever a new girl at our school always always came along, a lot of guys would just leech on them. So yeah, it's yeah, quite realistic that yeah, part I guess, of it. I think. I guess. <laughs> but she is. But, I but think she's got. She's got nothing. Nothing about. It. She's got no drive. She's not got. She's like. I'm a bit quiet. I'm a bit awkward, and I read. And I'm shit. <laughs> at, I'm shit at netball. That's it. That's the other thing. But she also. I think that's maybe part of the the fantasy part of it is that. For me, I for me, I think it's I think it's the writer going. I need girls to identify with this character. For sure, yeah. definitely. So if I can give her, if I if I make sure she's not sporty and she's not smart and she's not this, then like it's it's like the base demographic. Like everybody will, you know, relate to her on some and feel like this is them. Um, if I don't give her any of these interests or drives or stuff, um, like somebody can identify with them on some level. Um, I, I didn't mind that in the first sort of two or three films that, you know, she is just... Plain Jane. A bit of a plain <laughs> Jane, yeah. Um, and there's not a lot to her because there doesn't have to be, obviously, and a lot of people are just normal. Yeah. When it gets to the fourth or fifth film and she... She's exactly the same person she was in the first film than when she is in the fifth one. Yeah. Is there five? There's yeah, five. There's, yeah. there's definitely five. Trust me, and... there is five. <laughs> <laughs> so even after she turns into a vampire, she's still they, exactly she's the more... same as she was. She, she and she, yeah, she's so worse. she's not she's got less personality. She has got less personality as a vampire, even though they're like, you look amazing. Like the whole way through. Edward's like, you're the most beautiful thing ever. Like, even all the other vampires are like, you're so beautiful. She's basic AF, let's be honest. (laughs) And also, I have to say, part of me that this is a part that I kind of dislike about her is that she says she kind of loves her dad and she has this kind of like like good relationship with him. But yet she refers to him as Charlie all the way through. I'm like, why don't you just say dad? Why don't you just say he's your dad? (laughs) And then also, I think she's a bit of a shit friend because she, when she kind of, um, the girls like Anna Kendrick mm. and the other kind of girl who's, you know, yeah. kind of in her school friend group, they sort of say to her, oh, you know, we're going to kind of go prom dress shopping. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not into it like you know I'm not very girly and I don't really like dressing up and all this sort of stuff and then she kind of agrees to go along and then she's like she's not really paying attention to them and then she's like oh I actually just only came because I want to go to a bookshop and look about the history of wolves and you're like you're a shit friend just you know <laughs> like and I just kind of think well she kind of makes out that she's, she really cares about her dad but she's not 
you know, she kind of, everything is about Edward. She's obsessive. It's like he comes into her life and that's it. Nothing else matters. You know, he literally says, I've killed people. And she's like, cool. Okay. I'm fine with that. You're still (laughs) sexy to me. Yeah. She's just, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Here's here's a question. Now, now, uh, Stephanie Meyer, the author of the books. So she's been criticized by feminists who consider oh. Maya... Here we go. And, yeah, here we go, here we go. So they consider Maya an anti-feminist writer. So, uh, for example, they've been saying that the series romanticises a physically abusive relationship, points to uh, red flags, including Bella's entire life revolving around Edward, never being in control of her own life, being absolutely dependent on Edward's ability to protect her, her virginity and her humanity, and injuries... Bellus suffers from finally consummating her marriage with Edward. So what what do you have to say about this? Do you consider Twilight anti-feminist or is it feminist or is it somewhere in the middle? <laughs> I, I would say the first, definitely the first couple of films. I mean, let's be honest, he turns up in her room. He's perving on her when she sleeps. He's a creep. You know, he says he's killed people and she's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. You know, she, she kind of, she doesn't give a shit about anybody else in her family or her friends. And she's only, she's only invested in Edward and everything about him. And she just, so yeah, she is a bit all kind of all. Yeah. I, I don't, I have to agree. I don't think it's, I don't think it's does a lot for feminism in the sense that she's like, he is the be all and end all. I would do anything. And he's and he's very kind of like, I'll protect you. I'll, you know, you're you're my you're the reason for my entire existence. It's like, chill out, mate. You know, get yeah. get a bit of get a bit of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> right? She you know, she just yeah, I, I don't think it it does really a lot for that. Yeah. But I think possibly possibly the the last two the last two films, hmm. she kind of is, I think this whole thing about her not ever, I think in the third one, she kind of turns around and says, hmm. I've I've always felt like I was out of place and I've always felt awkward and that I didn't really belong and that actually being a vampire is 100% what I want. And, and so in some respects, I kind of have a little bit more respect for her for that, that she hmm. kind of wants to take control and says, change me, even yeah. though it's like, She's, she's been saying that since the first film, though. To exactly. Mm. It's what she wants. So if, if that's what well, she wants, then... That, yeah, and I think in the late, the later ones, you know, her strength and her kind of stubbornness and mm. her kind of what she wants kind of comes across more... It's even she becomes the one protecting Edward with her yeah, powers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it so, changes, yeah. Um, and it's what she wanted all along. Mm. Um, and, you know, it isn't that kind of what feminism is? Yeah. That, you know, a woman should be able to do what she wants, essentially. Essentially. So if she wants to be a vampire. Yeah, and I and I think that... I mean, that I mean not, neither me and Scott are defining feminism, by the way. No. Oh, you guys. Two males are not... We're not, trying to, we're, not, we're not trying to yeah. tell Lucy what feminism is. No, no, but, that, but you're, that, I think I agree. Like, I, I think in the first couple of films, it doesn't come across very... Uh, but you like, can see, you but can see the argument on, against yeah. it that, oh, 
she becomes Edwards and oh she's given all this stuff they get a house out of nowhere but yeah we're like sorry where did all this like wealth and you know she just kind of lands on her feet a bit because I was saying I was saying Scott I was like how do these people like clearly they don't have jobs how can they afford all this amazing stuff like they just land on he's he's a doctor Mm. yeah but they've been alive for a good few, few hundred years so they made some very good investments. But also when he takes her on the honeymoon and he's like, oh, I'm not telling you where we're going. And she's just kind of all the time. It's like even her dad's like, oh, I don't know where you're going. Like, you know, and he kind of scoops her away, whisks her away on this fucking boat to Rio or whatever. And then he's like checks into this island that's just theirs. And he, yeah, and then he's got like a private jet for the way home. And you kind of think, mm, yeah. you know, this guy's kind of got everything he wants. And, and But I think that's the whole thing about vampires is that they, they kind of entice you in. I mean, not from personal. Like, I, don't, mm. I don't know, but this is what I think they're trying to get. Is, is Scott a vampire? Well, yeah. like, <laughs> maybe. He doesn't, but, he, doesn't um, age, he doesn't age. He certainly doesn't. He doesn't age. age. No, he doesn't <laughs> age. But it's that whole thing of you know they they're powerful and they're strong and they they kind of entice you in and so I think that's maybe you know part she kind of gets sucked into all of that and. But the, the character of Edward's never abusive and he's always the one who's saying, "Oh no, we we need to wait." And yeah, so mm. well. yeah, no. I know. It's, yeah, it's it's not it's not very clear. So I can I can understand why people would be like it's the message is a bit muddled and maybe. But I, I also feel like um, now Stephanie Meyer is is uh, is a Mormon. So oh, so, I didn't yeah. know that. So yeah, so so I, I when I was doing my research, I didn't know this myself. But when I was looking, when I was watching the films, it di- I did kind of start to see some kind of Mormon Mormon kind of elements like. You know, it, you know the specific amount of time they have to wait for her to be turned into a vampire. The fact that they describe the babies like they don't like describing the baby as a fetus is certain things kind of. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Certain things were kind of cropping up, and I was like, okay, you know, they they don't do drugs, they don't party, they don't drink. You know, there's no there's no scenes of things like that. You can sort of it, it's it's very it's fairly subtle, but I was kind of thinking. Yeah, I think that definitely came from the writer. That wasn't a film choice. I think that was originally and, what was planned. Yeah, that's that's interesting, especially because mm. he's he kind of, you know, he's very like I'm traditional, Bella. You know, yeah. I want to marry you, and you're like, fuck off, come <laughs> on, <you> just, <laughs> just get down just, to it. Just, get just jump on the nasty, you know. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, no, we must wait. And you know, I'm very traditional. Here's my grandmother's ring, and you're like, oh. Pull the other one. Let's just you know. That's what Bella wanted all along. She just wanted to pull the other one. That was the whole point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um it's yeah, it's 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 a fascinating kind of set of films. Um let I tell you what, we've not talked about um good old good old team Jacob. I think we need to talk about him a little um, bit. Um, yeah. because we, he's a he's a I, big I, I don't Scott understand how like anyone him. could be Team Jacob. I really don't. Um, oh. <laughs> that, that, that was one of my issues with New New Moon was that it was just a retread of the first film, but yeah. with wolves. 
until they go to like Italy and all that. That's the most interesting part of that film was the <laughs> latter half of it. Um, but yeah, what what do you guys think of the the whole kind of wolf culture and the you know that wolf law? I quite like the whole um, yeah the 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 law around it. Um, and it's quite mixed in with Native American history, um, and it's very tribal. Um, I really liked all that side of it, and I, I liked um, the sort of older, elder wolf Billy, clan. Is it Billy, Billy Black. And- yeah, Billy Black. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I kind of like the wolves until they turn into wolves, <laughs> and they look terrible. <laughs> Ah, oh, they're just awful. Just big dogs. That's it. I mean, it, I think these films had quite a high budget, but <laughs> not much of it was spent on the wolves. <laughs> they, they never, they never look convincing. Not in one shot, and I, I think that's a big, a big shame because that's part of the reason why. Ah, oh, Jacob, just, just go home, mate. She's, she doesn't like you. Just. I- I you should have realised that from day one. Just no, give it up. I, but, I, yeah. I disagree a little bit because I feel like a little part of the guilty pleasure thing for me watching them is all the way through. I'm like, team vampire, team wolf, team vampire. And I like constantly change my mind thinking, mm, would I rather be with the vampires or mm, actually the wolves have it pretty good? Like, you know, they've got, you know, and so. Minus the massive scratch on her face. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's not great. But but how he kind of, how Jacob says, you know, you wouldn't have to change for me. And also I feel like his dad, Charlie, has that real connection with, um, is it Billy and, and the kind of mm. the other, the other kind of wolf clan, even though he doesn't actually know that they're wolves. But I feel like that that's, there's all the way through her dad is kind of pushing, you know, Jacob's, cares about you Mm. you know you need to spend more time with your other friends like Jacob and you know they're always kind of around like you know they kind of he buys the truck for her and then she fixes the bike and it's like he you know Charlie kind of says you know you're I prefer you essentially and it's kind of like that whole family kind of you know it's like your parents kind of have an influence on you know, who, who you hang out with and, you know, he kind of feels like you get the sense that he's not really into the Cullens. Like, well, he's kind of like, oh, you know, you know, doesn't like how how secretive they are and how, you know. I think it's like the, it's like the, I think he always talks about how hot he is and he's hot-blooded, warm-blooded. Oh, yeah. It's more normal. I'm not dead. You know, it's kind of. Yeah, that's I'm not dead. I have a pulse. By the Feel way, it not with my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like with Scott. I, I, I like that. You know, it's, there's not many films where you. I, I will say this about the franchise: there's not many films that are like the demographic is like teenage girls, like big action, you know, fantasy. These big fancy films, you know, let alone that have five sequels that are, you know, pointed and targeted towards young girls. I think that's great. So, you know, if you love these films you know, more power to you. Again, for me, Scott, they're probably not really aimed at us, but we, we still got some enjoyment out of them. But I, I think it's cool to see all this Native American culture and, and to have Native American actors in it as well. Uh, I, I, that, that was very, that was one of the most interesting things I read that they sort of had to prove that you were a Native American yeah, to, be in, to be playing these parts. Yeah, and that's kind of something that maybe for this kind of film, you wouldn't think 
they would be that insistent on. They'll just say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get someone who looks a bit Native American. But actually, they actually did respect a lot of that culture. Um, and it's, I'm assuming it's in a lot of the books, but there's some flashbacks which mm. um, go back. To, so there was one point where this tribe is being attacked and then yeah. um, the woman stabs herself to distract the vampire. And, yeah, I, I, I do like a lot of the the way they sort of delve into to that culture. I think that's really good. Yeah, I I, um, I actually quite, I think my favourite is the third one, Eclipse, which is uh, directed by, I think it's David Slade, who directed 30 Days of Night, which is a very mm. different vampire movie. It's very, very different from these movies. But I think he brought a lot to it um, and kind of introduced a lot of horror elements, uh, like push the horror within the kind of PG-13 um, as much as he could. And there's a huge fight, um, you know, an actual fight that you know is real yeah um, but we'll get into that i'm sure um and and there was all these really cool flashbacks to like you know um i think it's is it um oh god what's her name esme is it esme is it are you thinking of rosalie when she rosalie, that, yes yeah she that's one of my i think that's that's one of my favorite things about i think for me the second and the third are my favorite because they delve into other the characters that are not the main characters and actually, they're a bit more interesting than than the main characters. But yeah, um, Jasper, who's like, yes. um, you know, he's like a Civil um, War. I think he's a federate. Yeah, Confederate like, soldier, um, yeah. and that's and I find his backstory really interesting. And then Rosalie, obviously, that like 1920s, slightly different era. But you know, that for me is like I, I feel like, and I really like her as a character, probably because she doesn't really like Bella that <laughs> <laughs> and she's like is she even Italian like you know but uh, that I think numbers two and three are probably my favorite because you hear about these you know and then you've got kind of Victoria and her kind of revenge sort yeah. of you know they, yeah they do, they do build her up a lot Victoria in the first two films and apparently like um Bryce Dallas Howard who plays her in the third film um, they wanted her for the first two, but she said, she went, guys, the script basically just has me running. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Let's have some <laughs> Yeah. Um, I didn't know they wanted her for the first two yeah, as well. Par- apparently so. Um, and then and then they were like, right, you've got the, like, the lead villain role in this. You can be in this. Um, but even then, she's barely in it as well. But, um, but it, it was good to see her in this. And, and I, I thought it was a good kind of... I think the tension between the walls and the vampires kind of comes to a bit of a, this is like the, the as, as difficult as it gets between them. I think the mm-hmm. tension is quite, is quite high and it ends fairly well. Like, Oh, will you marry me? Yeah, I guess I will. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's quite fairly positive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the one I, I think I got the most out of and was like, you know what, this is actually not too bad. But then obviously we've, we've got more. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that one was, was pretty, pretty kind of good, I, you know, out of the ones that we've had. Um, those are the ones I, I probably enjoyed. That was the one I probably enjoyed the most. Um, but yeah, um, what did you guys think of the third, the third one anyway? For the most part yeah that's my the second well i think the second one was the one that i went to the the midnight showing of which mm. is quite printed in my my brain mm. um but and yeah the second and third i think for me are kind of i really like the whole um victoria james kind of revenge you know and like i think introduce more characters 
more locations. It's I, do, a bit more... I do remember this one as being the film with the bad wigs. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of bad wigs in this whole thing, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's actually quite a lot, a lot of action, a lot happens and it's kind of a bit more... Because, mo- you know, what? it's a lot of, you know... Bella and Edward kind of looking at each other awkwardly for long periods of time, not a lot of dialogue, you know, and it's just a bit, ugh. and then actually you get these other characters like Rosalie, who's got actually got some personality who, you know, she is quite feisty and she does make it clear that she doesn't think Bella's all that. And she's, and everyone's like, Oh, you know, be car, like be nice, Rosalie. And she's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. And just kind of like smashes a glass bowl and like storms off. Um, and then I quite I like Jasper as well because I feel like you get a bit more of a backstory into him and he's quite interesting. Because he, um, kind of, he was kind of like the dangerous one in the first couple of films. Like he'd sniff a bit of Bella's blood and be like, yeah. And like, yeah. It was quite nice to see why he was so dangerous or why he was so like like a little bit out of it. Like in the first film, he's just walking around like a, almost like a zombie. He's like, Ugh. yeah. Definitely. And I think also you get more of like the tribal side of stuff with the wolves and their kind of native, like their history. Um, And yeah, Jacob, like, you know, I, although he, he's kind of like all his eggs in one basket with Bella and though he's like, kind of, you feel like he's fogging a dead horse, really. She's like, mate, get over it. (laughs) But actually, you know, I quite enjoy, I particularly enjoy the um, cinema scene where they go for a kind of date with that other guy whose name I forget. That that creepy blonde guy. Yeah. 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 And he turns around in the cinema and calls the other guy, like, what a marshmallow. That's like one of my (laughs) favourite. And then he kind of, I think he kind of gets, that's just when you start to see also um, Edward change because he's kind of gone from this kind of long-haired, nice guy. So then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's got a big fever and he's getting really hot and, you know, and then he's getting mad. Jacob's only emotion throughout these films is anger. That's it. That's all he does. Yeah. Like, oh, Bella. I, oh, Edward. Oh. I, I quite like as well how he kind of transitions into a wolf. Um, I think she tries to call him loads and he just doesn't answer. And then I think she turns around and says, oh, your dad... Your dad says you've got mono, which I think is like the American version of glandular fever. And I'm like, yeah, great cover up. <laughs> he's gone. He's got glandular fever, but he's turning into a wolf behind then, him. Then he, he's got glandular fever, but then he stands out with in shorts, topless in the rain. Exactly. <laughs> That's and really going to help. That I also I also enjoy a lot how all the wolves must go through lots of pairs of shorts and trainers because Scott's like why do they leave their shoes behind all the time? Like they just kind of go, I'm going into a wolf. And then you're like, there just must be loads of shorts and train it, like shorts and train Litter- Littering this forest. They're like, why? <laughs> people, are just, people are just spontaneously combusting <laughs> in this forest. What's going on? Yeah. And he's just, he's just constantly, he's obviously so hot all the time that he just has to walk around in some shorts and some trainers. And you're like, oh, he's got his shirt off again. One of them, he's literally steaming when it rains. He's so hot. <laughs> I mean, I mean a, lot, a lot, a lot of teenage girls at the time would have agreed with you, Lucy. He's very. Well, hot. Mm, yeah. I think that's why they were clapping in the print works. <laughs> Are you sure it was their hands that were clapping? My God, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> right, let's let's move on. We've got two okay. more films to talk about. Um, before before we do that, I just want to say two of my favourite characters in the whole film. You've already mentioned them already. Bella's dad, Charlie. I absolutely agree with every decision he makes, everything yeah. he does, every concern he has about Bella is coming from a real, honest, loving place. He, he can't communicate with her very well because he's a dad and she's a teenage girl. I get that. And I, I, the, my only regret with this film is that they didn't have him in it more and they didn't involve him in the secret sooner. I, I, I get that they wanted to have, like create tension, like, why, why won't you explain things? Why won't you talk to me? You know, all this sort of stuff. But I kind of wish they'd kind of let him in. And like, even in the last battle, if he was just like shooting a gun at some vampires. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I th- uh, yeah. I don't know who the actor is who plays him, but um, oh, yeah, I think Billy, Billy Burke. Billy Burke. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think he's really solid throughout all of the films. I, th- I think he's genuinely the best actor as well in the whole thing. I think just his yeah. performance is just really, it's real. Like, I, I believe it, you know, more so than yeah. anything else. Um, and you mentioned Anna Kendrick, uh, which is really, what I love about her is, is she got to improvise a lot of her lines and a lot of them are like making fun of Twilight itself. Like, who gets married at 18? Um, yeah. <laughs> or, she, or she goes, um, she goes, she's supposed to be from Arizona. Why is she so pale? You know, things yeah. like that. Wait. Do just you, maybe piss, maybe piss myself laughing. Did, did you read that she described being involved in Twilight as being like a trauma victim? Like <laughs> she, she basically she she says that um, filming like filming on location where they were was like she just says she remembers being constantly wet and cold and miserable and feeling like her converse were just soaking up water and being like. I literally hate this so much. And she, I think she said she was kind of, there was a bond obviously between like her and all the cast because they were all in this kind of like damp and cold situation. But she literally describes Twilight as being in like a trauma victim essentially. <laughs> so I don't think it was a highlight of her career, but I think she, I really like her in it. And I think her delivery of a lot of things are like, you know, quite accurate, especially when, you know, like when when Bella kind of goes off on one with those bikers to try and like she sees Edward after they come out of like wherever and and then she's like okay what are you doing like you're mental like well, what's wrong she, with- she she recognizes them from the previous film where mm-hmm. Edward saves her but this is the same gang that always almost basically rapes her like they're very, no. they're sexually aggressive they're physically aggressive. And but it's, and it's like, okay though because he turns up in the Volvo to rescue her, so it's fine. <laughs> that's his. That's his. Like that's his knight in shining armor riding on it his horse. It literally is. <laughs> I'm in my Volvo. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I, I, that that was a bit where I was like, you know, what what? In, like, I get you've got this death wish, and you and you want to see him because every time you risk your life, you see him. Like. It, they never really explain that either. They never explain how that works. Is it like, is it Alice? Is it Alice the one who has the visions? Is it Alice. Yeah. Like if 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 like she was holding on to to Edward or showing him the visions or something like that, maybe there was some sort of psychic connection. But they never really explain it. No. Also, also, I did have a massive crush on Alice. She's really? Yeah. 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 I thought she was. Yeah, out of all out of all of the vampires. But, but do you not find? Do you not find her? 
pretty annoying though look at the film lucy (laughs) yeah it's full of annoying characters she probably has got i think her and rosalie probably have the most personality and actually alice is likable she is yeah but i think in the fourth and fifth one by that point i'm like she's just annoying yeah especially she kind of comes in at the end well she she that I don't mind so much, but I think I probably more stuff like how she kind of organises all of Bella's wedding and then like packs all this sex- sexy lingerie for her on a honeymoon. And I'm like, all right, yeah. come on, let's have some boundaries here. <laughs> just kind of, she just, I think, no, I think she is a nice, she is likeable. She is nice. But then by the, four, by the fourth and fifth, I'm just like, yeah. Everyone's annoying me at this now. Why is nobody dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody really dies in these movies. There's no, kind no. Of peril. Um, you know, and I like this this film, Breaking Dawn Part One, which um, um, uh, was was Scott right in saying that you didn't know that the there was a part two. Even though it was called part one. Mm. Yeah, though yeah, I had a slight so it was the first time we started watching them. Just this was just on our own. And then we got to the end of part one, I think. I said, Oh, we're gonna watch part two. And she went, What? <laughs> I thought that's where we ended. But that just goes to show how as like plots go, it's mm. all much of a muchness. It's just it's just the same, the same thing. And then yeah. you're like, oh, sorry. Like, you know, but let's be honest, the fifth one, apart from the fight that never happens, mm. the baby is <sighs> disturbing. <sighs> that Worse than the wall. Again, the CGI is just well, have you, have you seen terrible. The, Someone have needs the... to have a word. <laughs> I mean, they were going to use an animatronic, like a puppet, like a Yoda or something like that. But have you have you seen it? Have you seen the pictures of it? It's horrific. On on set, they called it. It's the baby's called Renesme. But on yeah, set, again, set, let's also so that's a whole separate conversation we need to have. But on the set, they called this puppet. They called it Chucky's Me, like Chucky. Oh, because it was that disturbing as a puppet. They were like, we can't have this. So that's why you have all that horrible CGI. Because they were like, we yeah. can't get, we can't just hire loads of different babies at different ages. We have to CGI everything. Um, no, you could just do that. Just yeah, like, do what they've been doing that for decades and decades. It's <laughs> terrible. It, it it's, works. It, it's really bad. And then also when, um, obviously, Edward, um, not Edward, uh, Jacob imprints on Renesmee. And then she, and then Bella obviously gives birth, but then she becomes a vampire. And then she just kind of wakes up looking stunning, forgets that she has a baby until about <laughs> five minutes in. And you're like, you, you've had a baby. Do you not remember this? And she's like, Edward, I love you. Look at me. I'm a vampire blah blah and then she's like Renesme. and then literally she goes she goes off on one to Jacob because he's imprinted on her and then says in a like serious tone you nickname my daughter after the Loch Ness monster <laughs> it's like who came up with that like that's like ridiculous line I, like I, I, Nessie and Nessie I found it quite funny because, like, she's like, "Oh, I finally get to see my daughter," and then Jacob goes, "Right, that's enough. I'll have it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've had enough time with the baby. It's my turn now. I, I want to. No, go. It's rid- 
Yeah, it's very creepy. It's ridiculous. It's just weird. I, I have to tell you my favourite behind-the-scenes fact of all these movies. So, so Breaking Dawn Part 1 opens with the wedding, this very, you know, magical wooden wedding, you know, in the woods and everything. You know, you've got all the comments. They go off to Rio or this desert island, you know, and they've got their own staff and everything. You know, I've got all this stuff. And um, they they bang they bang they and break bang. all the furniture. They finally bang, but 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 Edward's being very careful, being very very you know <laughs> uh, very cautious. Now, when filming the sex scene, now this is like twelve A PG thirteen in America. Um, when filming the sex scene, they 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 sent off the film to the censors, so they expect you know they they get it reviewed. They say, oh, we can't have this. You can't have this. Can't have that. So they said. This is this has to be at least a fifteen or an eighteen because of this sex scene. They're like, uh, okay. And Robert Pattinson says that the reason that they had to re- reshoot the sex scene or recut it was because of Kristen Stewart's aggressive thrusting. Really? <laughs> yes. It was like she was being way too aggressive with her thrusting, um, and he was, he was like, she knows better than this. Sorry, <laughs> 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 um, in in real life. Were they together at this point? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe well, so. Yeah. yeah. And this is and this is another thing that I do kind of quite find quite interesting about this whole thing is that obviously, you know, you've got this on scene ro- like on screen romance, but then behind the scenes there was obviously this quite big drama of the like I've heard her kind of say like obviously more recently that mm. she thinks he's lovely and he's like a really lovely man and. It's it's kind of yeah it's it's all kind of wrapped up. You're not quite sure how much of the tension is kind of like, and then obviously as things obviously I think she kind of shafted him a little bit. So quite you know, <laughs> quite a bit. If anything, she was shafted by someone else, wasn't she? <laughs> well, exactly. That was the whole problem. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people know. Um, I know. I know that like Anna Anna Kendrick. I think even at one point she forgot she was in the Twilight movies, but I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. I know. I know, uh, I know Robert Pattinson. He was like, he was like, you know, he he started off. He hated them, even on the DVD commentaries, making fun of it while they're watching it, going, "This is stupid. This is stupid." You know, he talks about like the he talks about the writer, and he's like, you know, why is she? Why is the writer? think she's Bella and why does she want to go out the serial killer I don't know but um, but it's money um so you just kept doing them um but yeah but now he again he's kind of turned around said it was a good part of my life you know it was a growing experience as an actor um I feel better for it you know I I knew somebody very well on the set you know I was very close to them and you know that ended but it was a, a, a positive experience for him looking back on it now so and now he's yeah, gonna play got- another bat <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I've got quite a lot of respect for him, I think. And you can tell that he clearly put a lot of effort into it. There's a side to, you can see a side to it that, you know, he knows it, he knows what it is. Mm. Um, It's not, you know, it's not Shakespeare. Not Oscar. Not Oscar worthy. But he, he, he still. Do you think he's kind of, I don't know, phoning it in? Um, I don't. Th- I think maybe towards the end, but it, it, he's still he's still putting in the effort. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and he's never taken the piss out of it, which I think Michael Sheen almost leans a little bit into in his role. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I I absolutely love. I, I think Michael Sheen's amazing in this. Yeah, he's really um, good. 
Like when I saw but, him in it, I was like, oh, oh, good God, I'm glad he's in this. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. You know. It's that sort of campy side <laughs> to the whole like vampire thing that I think is missing in this film, and he brings a lot too. Mm. But it also does make him stick out like a sore thumb compared to everyone else. Mm. Um, I think it, a lot of that is to to do with the whole is it Vol Voltori Voltori Voltori, and they're very much like the old style of vampire. Mm. Um, so I think he gets away with. With acting the yeah, way he does in it, and they are, they are very flamboyant, like flamboyantly yeah. dressed, and the way they present. He looks like he's having the time of his life when he was acting in this. I'm sure he was. But yeah. <laughs> another person who I feel like deserves a bit of a mention is sexy Carlisle. Let's be honest, that yeah. you know the doc, the doctor dad, who is this kind of, you know, he's the kind of patriarch of the Cullen family, mm. and he's kind of, you know he's adopted all these vampires from, you know, Edward, Rosalie, um, Jasper, you know, he's kind of built this clan, Mm. this kind of, you know, and he's, it's pretty hardcore that he's the kind of town doctor, Mm. um, but he's a vampire who just doesn't age. Um, And then, you know, he, and then also it's kind of, you know, a bit strange how he's got this whole, obviously when she gives birth, in the uh fourth part, one yeah yeah part one yeah his house is so amazing that he's got a bloody doctor set up in his in 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 the in the house and he's got all this all this kind of like don't worry bella i've got some o negative in the back we'll just sort you out a milkshake <laughs> she's like <laughs> drinking drinking this fresh blood that i think the fourth one turns my stomach the most yeah probably. like purely just for the grossness but also the cringeness of the whole thing the real it's it's there's not much action it's more the love story it's more the consummation of the marriage you know it's the pre- the the pregnancy out of you know five minute pregnancy it's just awful it's, it's tearing it's, out the placenta with his teeth you know all that i stuff. know <laughs> it's just it's and it's like, where is Carlisle in all of this? He just happens to be off hunting. Well, the one time that you need the, the town doctor and he's he's not there. But uh, I do like Carlisle a lot. I think he's I think he's quite I think, I think he's genuinely one of the, the, the kindest and nicest people in the film for all the stuff he does. Like almost yeah. almost out of nowhere. Again, like I think I'd rather like the backstory of all the other characters than the ongoing yeah. story of these main characters but it's just me but every time oh. i'm like oh that's interesting oh do more of that oh uh, like when you see a flashback of edward when he's in that sort of theater and then he ends yeah, up killing a guy that's interesting yeah now we're now we're married now we're married i'm going to tell you about all the people i've murdered here we go yeah exactly <laughs> but there are some also the one sort of dream sequence that turns my stomach again is like I can't remember exactly what's happening, but Edward and Bella are running through a forest dressed in like kind of I don't know how to explain it. The kind, kind of, of like, it's kind of like turn of the century clothing, isn't it? Yeah, and they're like and oh, there's some scenes where they're running and also when they're lying down in the field really awkwardly and his legs are like it's just like that doesn't look comfortable, no. even though this is meant to be this really loving romantic scene. You look awkward. It's really uncomfortable. What's going on? 
It's just like a lot of the dialogue is just sappy, just like, I uh, love you and I love you forever. There's a, there's a line where he's like, he's really upset that he's hurt her during the sex, during the very gentle sex. Yeah. Uh, and she's got all these bruises and stuff. And, and, uh, and she's like, he's like, I can't believe I'm making you so unhappy on your, your honeymoon. He was like, and she goes, can't you see how unbelievably happy I am? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, tell your face, love. Tell your face. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I should say this on uh, on air, but one go of ahead, my please other, go ahead. But one of my other friends, Prawn, says he's got a granite cock, and that's why he like destroys the room. Granite oh, cock. that that absolutely killed me because you know he's like when when Jacob's like. You can't. You're ridiculous. You, I can't believe that's like some sick joke. You, you're gonna break her, and then li- like you just at uni, we'd all be sat around, and Prawny would be like, because he's got a granite. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Granite cock. Um... <laughs> oh dear, dear. Right. Let's let's start. We're, we're Sorry, sl- slowly but serious. surely. Slowly but surely, we're running out of time, but. Um... I love this is great stuff. This is great stuff. I'm really <laughs> talking about this. Um, let's talk about the last film. The baby is born. Hooray. Bella is now a vampire. Um, now, you know that we were talking about this final battle at the end. Now, spoilers for the whole the whole franchise. Um, there's a big battle at the end, um, massive battle, and it doesn't actually happen. It turns out that it's all a vision from Alice, showing Michael Sheen's character, I can't remember what his name is, uh, of the Volturi, the leader of the Volturi. He go, she goes, um, this is you dying if you have this fight, if you have this battle, this is what will happen. And he goes, oh, fair enough. I'm off then. Have a good yeah. time. Mm. Enjoy, your, <laughs> enjoy your lives. Bye. But now, I read, or someone told me, I can't remember, but somebody said that this doesn't happen in the book. This battle is not in the book whatsoever. It doesn't, it just doesn't happen. But because they'd split the films and because they were like, we don't really want to end on, they've had a baby. Um, hooray. <laughs> um, we want, they wanted to go out with a kind of a, a big punch, but they also didn't want to alter the film or the, the story too much. So they still got all that without having it. But for me, it felt like a massive cop out. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, but I was very annoyed when I, got, when I found out it was a vision. I didn't mind it like I, I feel like because you still get to kind of see a bit of the fight although I have to say I it still shocks me a little bit that they rip well no they didn't rip Carlisle's head off but that for me was like oh my god he's killed Carlisle he's ripped his head off that's like a huge thing but then that I think that's probably one of the most shocking things throughout the whole thing is that Carlisle kind of but then actually when you know it's when it yeah. the twist is, it's like well, that's a the big, thing. Like, like, like that's that's got such impact and such like stakes. Yeah, that, mm. that them going, uh, it was just a dream. Kind of un- like it takes it away from it. It, it takes away the whole threat of of the Volturi, of Volturi. Yeah, and because throughout all the films, no one you really care about dies. Mm. Um. And then you think, oh, there's going to be this big battle at the end. And then you see some of the most popular characters die. Mm. Then it just turns out that, oh, no, it's just a, just a vision. 
So, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a, mm. a kick in the teeth with that, yeah. I guess. Some some people may disagree, and I know, I know I've got a few comments that kind of disagree with it, but that's that's how I felt personally. Um, I know some people have even not watched it because they know that's how it ends. They go, right, I'm not going to waste my time with it because of that. Um, but, yeah, I did feel a bit short-changed because, I, I, you know, like I said, I'd enjoyed them for the most part. I've enjoyed them. But then that end, I was like, right, you've kind of it was it was almost like you've wasted all five films building up to this so i'm a bit like Ugh. but let's not let's not forget that uh rami malik makes an appearance hey, <laughs> so, rami yeah which which i do enjoy a lot and he's mm. quite flamboyant as well in his kind of his powers and you know i feel like he might break into bow rap at any moment mm. but you know he just <laughs> Because they kind of they, they realize this battles come in. They kind of they hire all the people. They're like, we need help. Come, this baby needs protecting because it's like this chosen one child that's going to age normally. Um, baby with the most ridiculous wig in the whole world. <laughs> I will say this about the previous film. You know, you, you were talking about them having all this knowledge and this experience and this, you know, all this money, all this massive house and all this sort of stuff. They still Google. Baby vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's ridiculous. They've got how many degrees have they got between them all? Like centuries mm. of worth of education. Yet why, they're why like, do, why do they even go to high school? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's like surely, surely, like I'm annoyed by high school kids. You know, surely they would be annoyed by high school kids at this point. Who knows? Um, there's so many of those new vampires that only like Rami Malek he's one of the, he's a really interesting one and you just mm. think ah oh, I'd rather have spent the last two films with him yeah and some of the other um, vampire there is, families there's a, there's and some a, of their powers yeah the whole power powers. how each vampire has a different power they're not really used that well mm. um, like Rami Malek's when you first see him he's controlling water and everything but then in the big fight he doesn't really do anything. He punches the ground and yeah. creates Avon. But yeah. But there was a there was a character they introduced in the last film. He's like a young Bill Nye. Uh, he's called Alistair. He's got long hair, long long hair. He's got a beard, and he turns up, and he and he says two words to Bella, and then fucks off, and that is it. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm not, I'll be I'll be in the attic or yeah. something in a bit." Um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, he's not in the battle. He's not in the final battle because he he leaves before then. And then I'm like, so what was the point of him? He didn't say anything, didn't add to the story. Why even have him in the film? Why even? Because they make such a big deal of him arriving. I was like, oh, he's going to be, you know, a big vital part of this battle, or he's going to do something or say something that changes everything. He's like, nah, yeah, change my mind. I'm off. That was it. Mm. Yeah, that, I, I think I, I don't. Yeah, I, I do think there's some really interesting characters. I think when um, Bella's kind of got her newfound power her shield mm. she punches a rock at one point do you know do you, do you know what i mean like it's just it's laughable because you're like they're like oh bella like don't underestimate bella she's so strong no, she, she punches isn't. she punches mm. some big rock that's about it and then um but i have to say i did say to scott with the fight scene when um although it's not real as no. such it's no. kind of a vision when um Aro um beheads Carlisle, mm. 
the the shot of um edward where it look, and then all the vampires get this kind of like rage and you feel like he's the one person that they that holds them all together and he's kind of the opposite to ro on the clan you know it's all about carlisle's building this army and he's mm. building this clan and then you see him kind of rip his head off and then all of a sudden that gave me goosebumps a little bit seeing all the vampires go you've you've crossed the line we're gonna we're gonna all all rules are out now we're gonna go for you but then you realize that it's like it doesn't actually happen but i quite like that bit that's quite dramatic there's a there's a bit early on in the film where like you know jacob's looking after the baby and stuff and and it's like and jacob's like there's a baby now we've got a I think it might be in the fourth one actually, but um, it's like the, there's a baby now, you know. Da, 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 da. Um, no, no, sorry, it's before that. So he goes over and he says, "Right, we've got a Bella's now a vampire. You know, we, they've killed her. We have to go and avenge her." And the, and the wolves are like, "Nah, it's fine. The, the, <laughs> Cullen, the Cullen's the Cullen's not a danger anymore. It's fine." And then uh, and then someone finds out there's a baby, and they're like, five minutes later, like, "Let's kill a baby." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, we've gone from like one to 11 in the space of five minutes. Let's kill a baby. <laughs> I was like, where, how do you make that jump? Like, it's it's still only a baby. And they're like, it won't control its rage. It won't. Con- it's and it's one- the worst baby you've ever seen in your whole life. Uh, and you you found the bit with the wolves talking to each other. Oh, that's the, the worst, worst scene in the, in the whole series. Just, um, just when the wolves are chatting to, and it's just their obviously the human voices and they're just having a, a conversation and it's it, oh it's weird terrible it's really yeah. bad but yeah it's just <sighs> what i tell you what one of my one of my favorite oh, there are all these really stupid scenes that i love <laughs> it's really bizarre scene um so jacob he's like he's like i've got to tell bella's dad about all this this whole thing you'll never believe it. <laughs> it's like how do I tell him? How do I how do I explain everything that's happened? And you across these five movies, and he, he just goes into the woods and starts taking his clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, um, Jacob, can you put your can you put your pants back on, please? Can you put your trousers back on. Um, and he's like, No, I've got to show you something. He's like, No, <laughs> put it put it away. I'm, I'm I'm sure it looks like everyone else's. Put it away, Jacob. Yeah, that's just ridiculous as well. Stupid. Um, Another thing is like. Like speaking of the vampire powers and stuff, Edward goes, you know, he's he reads the mind of the baby while it's still in the stomach, like, you know, just conceived. And it's like, oh, Bella, it, I can read its mind. It's just like you. How? <laughs> like, it does, it's not got ideas. It's not got nothing. It's not seen anything but the inside of a stomach, you know, or a uterus. You know, what, what's it going to, how's it going to be like Bella? Oh, your th- the thoughts of the baby are beautiful. What? Just nothingness. Just blank <laughs> Because Bella has no personality. And oh, yeah. That, oh, that's good. That's good. That is oh, good. Well, <laughs> she she doesn't really. Like she just yeah. kind of she just flits between Edward and um Jacob. But you know, yeah, when she, it's she, and she like gets there's that one point when she's like, Jacob, come here, come here, starts getting off with him. And Edward's like, Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're teasing the shit you're, out of the plot. Cock, cock tease. You're wet, mate. This, you know. <laughs> just, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Just... It's not fair. It's not fair. So, I, it's, in some ways, I'm. I think I'm more team Jacob sometimes, and then I'm more team Edward other days. But um, yeah, it's. But there's another ridiculous quote. I think when someone says like, 
you're not in a position to be um like something about stinks like they talk about how they they both smell a lot obviously the dog smell and someone says well I guess the wolf's out of the bag (laughs) it's just just like it's it's not meant to it kind of is meant to be funny but not really and it comes across a bit tragic just awkward awkward dialogue and yeah just stilted or like just bad dialogue bad writing and like scott was saying just having wolves cgi wolves looking at each other is not interesting (laughs) even though like if their mouths moved or they like you know went into their minds and saw their you know their human selves or something like anything better than that and just i'm just gonna there's a shot of a cgi wolf over to another shot of a cgi wolf like what's the what's even the point Another CGI thing which really gets on my wick is when he, when Bella like mounts herself on Edward and he like runs up various hills and trees and stuff and (laughs) like awkwardly, awkwardly like piggybacking, but not really piggybacking because her legs are kind of like not quite wrapped around him. And and then he just kind of obviously kind of runs really fast. It just. Is that the bit where he's like, hold on, spider monkey? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, again, like I have enjoyed these films. Like they're not they're not terrible. They're not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I have seen a lot of bad films, and you know, probably due to this podcast and various researching of things, um, and my own film choices in general. But I actually didn't think these were horrible. But I think I would only go back and watch them kind of ironically. I think now I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch oh, yeah. them like I'm expecting the best film ever. Um, oh, definitely you're not, not. not going to get it um, but I know. I, you know I respect if, if you like it you like it and that's that's fine I remember when um, when it first was announced Stephanie Meyer said one of her big influences was X-Men and I was like oh great amazing <laughs> I was like this is this will be good <laughs> <laughs> not, no. not 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 really that inspired by that level. there is powers there is vampires yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> Uh, there was another thing as well. I remember there was a Comic Con kind of around the first when the first movie came out, and people were complaining that women were turning up and they loved Twilight, and all the male fans were like, "Oh, it's bullshit, it's crap." No, 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 no. And Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, uh, the filmmaker, got, got, was was on the stage, and guys, he was like, I, "I hear all these hating on Twilight fans," and I'm like, "He's like, guys, there's girls at Comic Con." Just say, you like <laughs> just say you like Twilight. Just let them talk. You know, There's, you might be able to get laid. You know, it might. <laughs> pigs, pigs might fly, but it might happen. You know, so, you know, so so I was like, yeah, you know, they're not hurting anybody, enjoying themselves. Everyone's there's fandoms for everything. Everyone can like what they want. Um, yeah. You know, they're not hurting anybody. Um, again, these films weren't particularly made for me or Scott. You know. But Lucy jumped right on board. She got on. Hey, I don't think they were made for me. I thought it was trash when I first like <laughs> heard about it. So I was like, couldn't believe I was going to a bloody midnight show in a bit. Um, but I have to say, I kind of love to hate it. Really, it's it's not really like anything else. And I and I it, and it is something that I do just go. Do you know what? This all I'll enjoy this because it's got a little bit of everything, even though it's not done amazingly well but actually i enjoy it and it made a fair yeah. bit of money though it did make a fair bit of money so you know yeah it yeah. did really well i think okay. i quite like as well i happen to just google um bella's or 
Bella's dad's house, the Swan Residence. You can stay. It's on Airbnb. You can stay there. Mate, what a, what a weekend. What a weekend that would be. And my favourite thing on the Airbnb is that you they've, like, superimposed pictures of, like, Bella and Edward in her, like, in the room. <laughs> Basically stay there and it says, um, unfortunately, Bella's... Um, Bella's bed linen is now on like show in like kind of in the archives so it's not her actual bed bed linen but it looks the same and you covered, can pretend. covered it covered in vampire jizz yeah mm. it's like three it's like three hundred dollars for a weekend or something I'm thinking hey I'd go there I bloody love it is is the granite cock on show <laughs> I don't no, I don't think so. Oh, but you can check it out on Airbnb if you if you want to. Well, there you go. I, I, that's a fact I didn't know. So that's that is interesting and fun. So we're coming towards the end now. Um, but I think this has been great. Thank you, Lucy, so much for coming on and talking Twilight and Scott as well. Um, you've both thanks been great. For, uh, thanks for sticking with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, I know you're a little bit nervous, but I think you've done so so well, and and you've uh, it's it's been a highlight, honestly, one of the best ones we've done, I think. Um, but before I go, let's hear what the general public have to say about the film. So I've got a few listener comments. So this is a uh, Ben at Nerd Chatting. So that's at Ben underscore Nerd Chat. He says it is 100% not my cup of tea. However, I'm pleased that those who love it. Uh, love it as much as they do. So there you go. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a very valid enough. point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's not f- for us, but yeah. let other enjoy it. Yeah, let 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 love reign. You know, let it let it all fly out of you, out of your granite penises. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, DL Ketis at DL Ketis says, "I like these films." And uh, and he know he knows that I was going to do this as a podcast, so he's he's got a uh, Darth. I think it's um, Christopher Christopher Lee from Star Wars going. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> uh, so my biggest fan at I am Jack's musing says I couldn't possibly comment as I stopped after the first one. However, Vampire Baseball, I can't even. Yeah. yeah, we've not, we didn't talk about yeah, the whole we, Vampire we probably, Baseball. We, we probably scene. missed it, yeah. Probably the most infamous scene in the whole Absolutely. series. To a bit of muse, dang. Oh, God, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, they advertised it on Netflix recently, and that was the scene they chose to advertise. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so the, the, the full podcast, at Nerds Chatting, so that's at Nerds Chatting on Twitter. Um, not for me, however, all power to the fandom of this series, of the movies, books, comics, Fans fiction, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he's got a gift saying "hard no" for me. And Marcus at the Marco guy, he said, "Read the first book. It was meh. Um, we've not read the book, so we don't know. We are purely doing it on the movies." Um, so our photographer friend uh, Scott uh, at Dan Burgess zero one, um, <laughs> he says uh, he says that uh, Kristen Stewart, she's so wooden, uh, she could make a thousand steaks. that's amazing he's he's followed that up with a comment and the comment is just shite (laughs) (laughs) I don't know know what's harsher really Uh, one of those (laughs) okay final comment Uh, this is from uh, 20th Century Geek Pod and that's at 20th Century Geek I believe Um, so I've watched them all some time ago granted but they were all a slog and if anything got worse, 
My wife was a fan, but by the end of the third film, we were watching to complete and take the piss. That's that's what you got to do. That's yeah. what you got to do. I think. I think. Yeah. Don't go in. Don't go in thinking. You know, it's Shakespeare. Um, Absolutely it's, not. It's it's not. It's uh, it's, it's if, if you're hung if you're hungover, crawling yeah. through Netflix, wanting to just watch something for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Pick the first is, one on and see how you go. It is currently on Netflix. I saw it was leaving Sky, so I had to record them quickly before it left. I was like, oh. And then they just turned up on Netflix. I was like, oh, I didn't have to worry. I could have just waited till they got <laughs> Dan, you can watch them again. We can... <laughs> no? no? I, need, I, need a, I think I need a bit of downtime before I watch them again. Okay. And maybe not not all in the space of two days, probably, would be Probably good. not, mm. a bit much. I think it might blow my brain again. Vampire heavy. <laughs> So, guys, do you have uh, do you have social media accounts? Would you like people to come find you, talk to you, message you, or would you rather them just stay away? <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter um, at Scott Hodge. I think I am. Cool, anyway. cool. Don't worry, Scott. I'll find you and tag you. It's fine. I'll do it. Yeah, cheers. What about you, Lucy? Um, I well, I think it's really it's just. Um, Insta of Mr. Molly. I think that's pretty Mr. much it. Mr. Molly, of course. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so it, you're, you're a you're a cats of Instagram type lady, aren't you? Yes. Mr. Underscore Molly underscore the underscore cat. There we go. There we go. So if you want to see some very cute pictures of a very clumsy cat, um, <laughs> that is the Instagram account for you. Um, yes. So you can find the podcast. However, you can find that at. Facebook, it's at Secret Balls. Twitter, at Dan underscore Balls. Instagram, Spider Dan, the Se- Spider Dan Secret Balls. Uh, the podcast is available everywhere. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and there are previews available on YouTube and many, many more. If you'd also like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. And if you do want to interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. Um, so this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. It has been an absolute blast talking about these films, no matter how much we enjoyed them or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been really good. Excellent. Well, take care, guys, and take care, everybody else, and you will see me. Well, you won't see me, but you'll hear me very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.